Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, June 11th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. A lot to get into, my friend. Let's start with the big news out of yesterday that the college football playoff is considering from expanding not from four teams, J-Book, to eight, but from four to 12. The top four seeds would get a first-round bye. Teams 5 through 12 would play, and the home team would be whoever is the highest seed. It would be played on campus. Your thoughts on this development, if it happens? Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, I was actually surprised how far along they are in the process. Usually, these type of things take years in advance to come up with a solution, but it sounds like they have been working on it for the, the two previous years. That tells me right there that if they've been working on it for that long, that a lot of people was unhappy with the 14 playoffs um, initially um, after, you know, the, the top five teams in Alabama and Oklahoma and Clemson and Alabama, uh, who else? Um, LSU, a lot of the teams that have been in the playoffs several times, a lot of schools are being shut out, but it's exciting for college football because it's going to be a lot of state. I know a lot of people say it's going to water down the regular season. I disagree. I think is, is going to be critical for teams to try to get into their conference championship as well as winning their, their conference championship. But it's also going to help a lot of teams with seeding. As the, the playoff committee said, a lot more teams will be vying for those last spots come to late October, November. So if you're right there on the bubble, you're definitely going to be giving it your all because if somebody gets upset along the way, it gives you a crack at the bat to try to sneak into that 12 team. Yeah, three things here were my initial thoughts when I saw this. My first thought was 12 is too much. If you're 11th or 12th or whatever in the country, you don't deserve to be playing for the national championship. But two things I do like about it, I love that the top four teams would get a first-round bye, and I like the idea of – the home team, or excuse me, the higher ranked team in the quarterfinals hosting the game on campus, the five through 12 game. So, you know, I'm starting to come around on this idea. Yep. Um, I think it's going to be critical to get a buy. And I had said on Twitter yesterday that I don't think people understand how important that's going to be to get a buy. Because if you look at Ohio State's schedule here, you know, it, it, if we just use this year's schedule, you're looking at the back end of the schedule with a Sparty. And let's say Michigan finds a way to become halfway decent. So you're going to have Michigan, Michigan State, and then the Big Ten Championship. And if people can remember, 
Ohio State, historically over the last several years, haven't played great in the first half of the Big Ten championship games. A lot of people will say that Ohio State exerts so much energy uh, for the Michigan game that they come out a little flat in the Big Ten championship game. And just for conversation's sake, let's say Ohio State loses that that Big Ten championship game um, and they have to now go on the road or they have to host a playoff game. Well, you have a sledgehammer game against Michigan, a sledgehammer game in the Big Ten championship. Now you're talking about hosting, let's say, a, a Georgia, a Texas A&M or a Florida or potentially going down there to the south right after the Big Ten championship game. That is big time right there. And let's say if you win that game, now what do you have? You have an Alabama, you have an Oklahoma, a Clemson that's waiting for you just to get back to the Final Four. So that's a lot of football to be played if you don't have a bye. And it's a lot of quality teams. You're talking about, you know, boom, Michigan game, uh, potential top 10 matchup in the Big Ten championship, turn around another top 10 matchup just to get back to the final four, only to be playing a top five team. And if you win that one, then you can continue to move on. So to me, it's going to be critical for a lot of these programs to develop depth. What I mean is you're going to have to have those highly regarded four and five star players as freshmen. They need to see the field. You need to have all hands on deck in order to make sure that you're going to be able to withstand the run that's, that you're going to take. I know some people say, well, look at the NFL. They do it. That's correct. But the, you're talking about college kids, college bodies. Dave, how many times did Urban Meyer talk about when when the media asked him about expansion? He said, I don't know if we would have been able to get up off the mat and play a week later, you know, after that Alabama semifinal game in 2014. Urban always said that it takes a considerable amount of effort, preparation, and a physical toll on your body when you're talking about those playoff games because it's so physical. So in order to be able to withstand that gauntlet, you got to build a roster from one through 60. Um, you know, I know you have 85 scholarships, but reality is not everybody's going to play. So you need to get that roster one through 60 ready to go and experience throughout the season because you're talking about potentially – what, 16, 17 games for college kids just to get to the national championship or semifinal. So you need those young guys to contribute early on. Yeah, I think some people might forget, Jay Book, that uh, you know after they beat Alabama, they did have 10 full days off. And you, you never know, those extra three days could have been the difference uh, when they played Oregon. They started slow against Oregon, then they beat the brakes off of them. So great points all around. I want to ask you one more thing about this. We'll move on to other topics this huge news from yesterday. If you're in charge of college football, you're the dictator of college football, and they leave this up to you, do you keep the CFP at four teams? Do you increase it to eight? Do you go with like an NFL system, like six teams where the top two get a buy, like in each conference in the NFL? I guess the NFL is different now. The only one gets it. But you know, you know what I mean, like the, how the NFL used to do it where six teams got in, the top two got a buy. Or would you do it like this, what they're proposing, with 12 teams making it? Originally, I said eight teams. That's what that was my mind frame. I thought twelve teams was was a little much, but as news comes comes about, it, it I'm starting to lean towards the twelve. I think it's going to be interesting because if you 
look at those early matchups there. Um, you could have had, for example, this past year, Georgia heading up to Cincinnati and Nipper Stadium in December. I mean, that that is fascinating football. That is must-see football for me. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to be the haves and the have-nots. You're still going to have your Alabama, your Ohio State, and your Clemson's, the guys that has blue-chip All-Americans from the top down on their roster because they're going to be able to withstand the gauntlet. A lot of these teams, if you have your Coastal Carolina, who would have got in at number 12, potentially playing uh, Notre Dame at, 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 as a fifth seed, if hypothetically this past season, yeah, you know, Coastal would have probably got up for that game if they would have squeaked by in the in a upset. You know, what what would it look like the very next week? Chances are they probably get blown out. But I think it's going to be fun. It, I think the 14 playoff was starting to get a little stale. Uh, interest was starting to fade because you were seeing the, the top four teams in the country consistently in that playoff. So now I think it, it energizes and it gives a little more juice to the fan bases around the country because they believe their team will be now included in the exclusive uh, playoff format. We might actually see Michigan have a shot to, to compete on the highest level. So it'd be interesting to see how those guys progress as a program, because if there's a situation where Jim Harbaugh still fails to get his team in the top 12, he's going to be out of a job. You had me until the end there. I think even top 12 is a stretch at this point. Early in the Harbaugh era, maybe not. Now, I, I think they're lost. I think they're completely lost. All right, moving on to other topics. Let's talk about Pele Gotiote, the linebacker transfer from USC. Now, full disclosure, Jay Book and I are we're recording this show Thursday evening, so if he commits in the middle of the night, we'll be happy, um, but uh, we won't be talking about it on the show. But it does sound like everything from Bill Curlick uh, to our former colleague, Bill Green, everybody who we trust is saying, it's not maybe a done deal. I mean, maybe Banks said it was a done deal. I know Bill is right on the – Bill Curlick's right on the cusp of saying it's a done deal. Man, it sounds like if it's not a done deal, it's really close. The Pele is going to be a Buckeye. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm more in the wait-and-see mode. That was kind of the same talk with the Henry Tutu movement there a couple of weeks ago that a lot of people were thinking it was a done deal there. Uh, I know a lot of people on our message boards, they are torn by that because they believe that this guy uh, shouldn't be getting reps over some of the younger guys. Continues to develop your younger talent because right now you have four and five star kids at the linebacker position that's been waiting their turn for several years now. And then you also had a segment that you know they come to reality to say, hey, if the Ohio State coaching staff has continued to seek out grad transfers or or the transfer portal all summer long and all you know spring that tells you that they believe there's a much uh, bigger need than what the fan base truly believes. Uh, so to me, if he can help the team, great. But I just hope that there's uh, there's chemistry within the locker room and bringing in someone uh, such as this kid for just a year or so is not going to disrupt the chemistry within the linebacker room. Interesting. So, I mean, my gosh, it's hard to ask you this question because it's not like you know everything that's going on with his – you know, he's had knee injuries. He obviously was a five-star recruit. 
I think another thing to point out that I didn't mention that I should have, he's, and some of the listeners I'm sure know this, he is cousins with Haskell Garrett, which is huge. They're also from the same high school, Bishop Gorman, uh, which is becoming a little bit of a Buckeye pipeline, which I love. Would you, if you're Ohio State, like if you're making the decision, like would you, would you want him? Like would you go after him hard? That's a, that's a great question. And I'm of the mind frame is um, actions speak louder than words. I think they are very uncertain about the Mike linebacker position. And that's where this guy will fill in. And that's where Henry Toto would have filled in at. You know, Dallas Gant is a guy that's unproven, immensely talented, but coming off an injury that forced him to miss the whole spring. Will he be ready come the fall? Uh, I know, you know, Gante has has had concussion issues in the past. He's he's battled injuries. He really hasn't lived up to his height. Um, so to me, I think you had to have a better understanding of what's going on behind closed doors in the Woody when it comes to the linebacker position. But I'm just looking at the way they're operating. It the way they're moving and the way they've been operating as far as trying to get that position filled with another transfer tells me that they believe that those other guys in the middle aren't ready. So I think that that's kind of where my mind frame is at. So to answer your question, I would say yes, because their actions are saying that they need another body there. That's exactly right. Watch what they do, not what they say. (laughs) All right. A couple more things and we'll let you go here on a Friday. Kyle McCord's attitude. It sounds like he's got that Tom Petty attitude. It was in the boarding house yesterday, like won't back down. Like he knows CJ Stroud's really good. They're buddies. He knows Jack Miller's good. He knows Quinn Ewers is really, really good. And Kyle McCord's attitude is basically like, without being cocky, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but like, it's basically like, bring it on. Like, I am not scared of this. I'm not transferring. I mean, you never know what's going to happen, but I love what I'm hearing from Kyle McCord. Yeah, you have to love it. I mean, that that's a kid with a lot of fire, a kid with a lot of confident, uh, confidence in his game. He has a pro-style arm, meaning that he can make any throw. We saw it in the spring game. He's immensely talented. He's a former five-star kid and, you know, former Pennsylvania player of the year, putting up historic numbers in the state of Pennsylvania. So he has every right to be confident in his game. And that's what you want from Ohio State. Yes, Quinn, yours is the buzz right now and a lot of people even 24 7 said when it comes to arm talent and throwing the football they would take yours over trevor lawrence so he is a he's the highest rated quarterback in the history of rankings coming in and he's that good i know some people at the steve carson camp were saying that he reminds them of pat mahomes even former college players were saying that uh current college quarterbacks were saying that but back to kyle mccord If your quarterback is that dialed in and he believes that he's not going to run for competition, iron sharpens iron, I am not going to run away. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to battle, which is today transfer portal world. It's it's a breath of of fresh air. So if they can continue to uh, what I want to say is massage that quarterback room because you're going to have eventually somebody's going to transfer. Everybody can't play. Everybody can't have the football. If they can continue to operate in a smooth manner to where they can keep all of these guys uh, dialed in and competing with each other, it's only going to benefit Ohio State. But kudos to Kyle McCord because, 
you know, a lot of people saying, okay, CJ Stroud's the man right now and is going to be Quinn Ewers in the future. But Kyle McCoy is a bad man. He can he can spin the heck out of the football. And we saw it in the spring. And he's going to push all of those guys. Um, so if you're Ryan Day, you hope he continues with that type of mind frame and attitude. And, and if he does, he's going to have a lot of success because even if he's not the, the potential starter down the road at Ohio State, he eventually does decide to go somewhere else. I can absolutely see him having a Joe Burrow type of career somewhere else because he's that good. If he can find himself in the right system, if for whatever reason Quinn Ewers comes in as a true freshman and they're like, holy smoke, this kid gets the football right away. Okay, so we have two main rules on the Bucknuts Morning 5, both in 2020 and now in 2021. One is it has to be way longer than five minutes. The second is we have to talk about JT Tuimolo Al. So, Jay Book, final thing on the show. He's going to take his official visit to Ohio State finally next weekend. What's your prediction for JTT? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, Dave, I'll be happy when this recruitment is, is wrapped up here. <laughs> Both of us. But uh, the fact that he's going to get on campus, it, you have to be excited. Ohio State, they're going big when it comes to the recruiting budget and making sure that they're rolling out the red carpet. Uh, you always have to keep in the back of your mind. He has that final visit at Alabama with Nick Saban being a final closer there. So that is a, a, a definite threat to what you're trying to do. But if you're Ohio State, you've you've battled this long. You've been in the mix, you know, arguably the leader or at minimum the top two for months now. The time is now to really show this kid what you're all about. And I truly believe Ohio State and Larry Johnson and Mark Petone will put out, uh, they will put him and his family in an environment that will be special. They're going to set the tone for what he needs to be looking at when it comes to his visit to Alabama because Ohio State will spare no expense when it comes to making sure he and his family have an excellent time. So Right now, I'm not. I'm not going to make a judgment if Ohio State's going to land them or not because that lingering visit to Alabama is serious. But I, I truly believe, truly believe, coming out of this visit, Ohio State will be in the top two, and it's going to be up to Alabama to top them and, and close the deal because Ohio State will show them an excellent time. Great stuff as always from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it, Jay Book. Thank you to all the listeners out there. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's hear the Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 